All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. At my worst moment today, I started to entertain the fantasy of what preparation would be necessary to indulge in a 24-hour podcast episode. <laughs> I think that's... Been done? That's been done. Great, because then I don't have to then we, consider yeah, it anymore. We don't need to do it. No. Um, Just as like kind of an artistic expression about like the overindulgence of uh anti-privacy and just like just like record literally the audio of your entire day right and your every stream of consciousness ancillary stupid thought that rolls through your brain it's just, just tumbles out of your mouth you're literally just going stream of consciousness well what else you couldn't you couldn't prep bits for 24 hours no i thought that was gonna be your idea oh. <laughs> that you're gonna have a fully prepped 24 oh. hour long show i also which used i would to... trust you to do <laughs> sometimes i get carried away yeah i still have a fantasy before i leave radio someday mm. i'll leave radio but not before i have done an entire commercial radio show in verse this, oh, is, this is a real thing i've yeah. always wanted to do on like national poetry day or something well now have when every I, break rhyme if i tune in and every break is rhyming i'm gonna go oh my god he's, he's doing done. it <laughs> he's done yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the he's final check planning mark. his next move <laughs> This is a sign yeah. of the winds changing. Oh, God. That would be so incredible. I feel like the phones would be lighting up. Maybe. Like, do you think people would be catching on and like telling a friend? And... It seems to me this might have been a Scott Baines-ism from right. our first year in the business that on April Fool's Day, because there's like an old tradition of like radio shows doing April Fool's pranks. It's quite cliche now, although I thought this one was kind of interesting. Yeah. He, for every break, did exactly the same break. <laughs> for five hours he said the same script for like three times an hour and that's funny did did were we there when he did it no it was, was like, like it was one of the stories he loved to right. tell that's yeah. so good yeah that is great it's like the joke from uh there were, al franken was on the conan podcast yes did you hear him talk about his uh it was like on the albert brooks show or something he was talking about a guy who had a brain tumor and the doctor says like, you know, he, his goal is really to be on a comedy show. So just <laughs> let him have it like he doesn't have much time. And so the guy goes on and he tells a really good, like this guy with a brain tumor tells this really good joke. And the punchline is something like, and the peanut shells were super spicy. <laughs> and then he goes into another joke and completely out of context goes, like before the punchline and the peanut shells were super spicy <laughs> and he keeps telling these jokes. But the that, that was uh, deliberate. It was like a meta joke or was he having no, some this, weird. This was a skit. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I missed the premise. Mm. But uh, in any case, that was Al Franken's like lead into success. I'm, I'm scared. Just to dial it back. I need to know who did a 24 hour podcast. I need to hear what that so, sounds like. And I need to to explore that more so that I can put the urge to bed. So I'm not sure if it was a 24-hour podcast, but I know it was like a podcast marathon. Mm. Um, and it's by Jimmy Pardo and the Never Not Funny yeah. crew. Um, and I don't know if it was 24 hours, so you should check into it. But you, you The only reason to do it is it. for some weird experiment about exhaustion or something it'd be like some weird artistic depiction of like how stupid life is and, right. how, and how pathetic it is that we're constantly like talking into the ether right i'm so tired well i think i've talked about my my drunk uh log before where i like had one beer yeah 
and literally wrote down my thoughts Mm -hmm. and started to like write to the point that it was just really funny what I was writing because it was like, you could just go beer by beer. Oh, there changes in personality. There is certainly something to Hemingway's write drunk, edit sober there. You can, you can come up with good stuff and you, you even tell yourself in the moment, like I'm so hammered right now. This is probably going to make no sense in the morning. And then what I found is it can be okay in the morning. Yeah. It just needs a spell check. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you've done this. You've experimented with it yourself. Over Christmas, uh, it was between having seen Rise of Skywalker and doing a podcast about Rise of Skywalker with mm-hmm. my brother the next day. I went to a Christmas party at my friend Kyle's and I drank a bunch of beer and then I walked home. Okay. And it was like two o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and I realized Ross is coming over in the morning and we're going to do a podcast and I need to collect all my thoughts about Rise of Skywalker because I really wanted to be on the defense about this movie. And so I wrote an essay very much like what I do for Tom Thanks. I wrote a thousand words about Rise of Skywalker and I did it at two o'clock in the morning having had like 10 beers. Right. And it's exactly what I read on the podcast the next day. And that, nice. if you go back and listen to that Recorder 66 episode, it's it's a little sloppy. Do you but explain like, that? Like, No. You don't preempt it with that. <laughs> no. Oh, good. But it was written drunk at two o'clock in the morning, which is so not my personality. Right. I'm not. I'm no, not, that's like something that I would do. I'm no Hemingway. But that, that was in the moment I was like, well, this is when I'm going to get that done. And I'm right. alone and Becky was away. And so I was like, I'm going to do this crazy thing right now. And it, it kind of worked out. Sure. Good for you. Yeah. I like that. Productivity. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning, you're, drunken productivity. You're making lemonade. It's nothing like it. <laughs> um, finished High Fidelity right before coming over here. I finished it in two sittings. Whoa, wow. Yeah, we tanked okay. it on the weekend. Yeah, that's amazing. What a good hang is that show. Great show. Yeah. Great show. I like um, Charisse and David, or Simon. Yeah. They cast perfectly. Yes. Uh, they were fun throughout the show. Charisse Every- gets like kind of sad though through it. Like- in her, a little bit. And, and it was interesting because... But also more funny. She's so funny. And, and and we talked about how she's obviously the the Jack Black counterpart. And so because the show borrows so exclusively from... I mean, I'm inclined to say the movie, but probably the book. Right. You think it it's going to lead up to Sharice like, like performing... Like a big concert. Let's get it show. on or something. She's yeah. surprisingly good. And they kind of subvert that a little bit. They did bit. a great job of doing that, yeah. by the way just finished that episode it was like oh this is a nice although i was kind of i found it funny that she could play the guitar a little bit she just kind of picked up yeah i like how her first guitar is like a legendary guitar oh yeah yeah (laughs) but that's kind of her character too like she she can't like get the sounds out of her head unless she has like the perfect right axe or whatever yeah i like simon a lot i love that episode that's kind of Simon focused and they yeah. go through his top five heartbreaks. That was awesome. And but, it's so confusing because it starts out with the same scene, the first 20 seconds yes. of the same scene from an episode before. Yeah. So we fast forwarded and we're like, we, we saw this one. Oh yeah. We did the same thing. We were, okay, we were like, what's happening here? Like yeah. I, 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 I've definitely seen this episode. Right. Yeah. We had that moment of confusion as yeah. well. I hope it comes back because that's one thing I'll say about it is that they had so much romantic stuff going on mm-hmm. across like several different avenues for mm-hmm. for rob and it wasn't that resolvent in the end like right. it's clearly hoping to get a second season i think it will and rob's brother my guy rainbow son franks yeah former much music vj yep retweets me be, that's such an exciting moment now was he in the pilot he was Yes, he was. Playing the Joan Cusack character. And I was so confused the whole time. He did look familiar. Because I was like, where do I know this guy from? And then it clicked, and I searched cast, 
I, I searched cast of high fidelity show to hope that it said rainbow sun Franks. Yeah. Cause I was like, I have a hunch that this might be rainbow sun Franks and I'll be so happy if it is. Yeah. And it was, well, I never would have come up with that on my own. In fact, I also was kind of haunted by who is this incredibly familiar guy. Right. But I was also like, he's hidden behind a weird hat and big glasses and yeah. a silly medallion for all 10 episodes. To be fair, it looks kind of <clears throat> different. Um, well, he's like 15 years old. Didn't have a huge run as a VJ on much music. No, but I think he was like niche VJ stuff. Totally. He did like Ed the Sock stuff. Yeah. And he also has always been an actor. Right. Yeah. And he made no bones about it. Like it always seemed like he was trying to do other stuff when he was on the show as a VJ. Well, I think he had like a pretty illustrious unboxing video game stuff career on YouTube. No way. Like what? if you look him up on YouTube, he like a lot of his videos are just like clearly in his home office unboxing like Nintendo DSs. Here's another fun fact. You, did you ever watch A Different World? No. So it's like kind of a spinoff of the Cosby show where oh, the right, old, okay. uh, Lisa Bonet goes to university. Man, it all leads back to Lisa Bonet. It really does. But <laughs> actually, yeah. Whoa, so maybe this is how they know each other. Didn't think about this. So Cree Summers, who is on A Different World, okay. is his older sister. Oh. So that explains the tie together, maybe. And so he's Canadian, I presume. Yeah, and she's like Canadian too, like Canadian-American. Anyway, it's great to see him. That was, yeah. that was really cool. And so, yeah, I tweet him. He... Tweet, he like screenshots my tweet, like replies to it mm -hmm. saying, started as a VJ, now we hear, yep. high five, heart. That's so nice. I was like, yes, Rainbow Sun Franks. And, and the funny thing was other people were retweeting him and being like, oh my God, yeah. Probably lots of people were having the same frustration. Like, who right. is that familiar face? I like to think that these people who turn into a more mainstream American acting career have to have some kind of... Uh, warm, nostalgic feelings for their VJ experience. Think about Hannah Simone on New Girl. Yeah. She's like really famous now. Right. Although I don't really know what she's doing right now. Um, but like she probably has like uh, endorsement deals and stuff. She's yeah. so freaking beautiful. Definitely. And she was a t-shirt wearing VJ. Yep. Yep. And that was a little bit after my time. Yeah. I didn't really know Hannah Simone that well. Yeah, she was... Well, and in the same way, I think maybe Rainbow was a little ahead of my time, but I, I do remember him. Anyway, I, I looked him up yesterday, like, who is this guy? And I just didn't even think to read his name. Right. I was just like, no, what's his, what's his IMDb? Like, yeah. what procedurals has he been in that I right. might have seen him in? And, like, if I saw his name Rainbow Franks, I'd probably be like, oh. Who would have put it together? Oh, they can't be another one. <laughs> right. <laughs> he looks a lot like that other Rainbow. <laughs> yeah. The other Rainbow Franks. Yeah. Anyway, good catch. Good catch. Actually, that's a, a good segue into what I think could be the most interesting thing we have to talk about tonight. So initially, uh, Disney Plus is supposed to run the High Fidelity reboot. Yeah. And then Hulu acquires it because of creative differences. More than likely that they want to make something that's a little bit edgier and more in line with the audience that will be interested in a new High Fidelity show. Right. Same thing happening now with Love, Simon. So Love, Simon was supposed to be a Disney Plus thing. Okay. It was a, it was a rom-com a mm -hmm. couple years ago. Maybe based on a book. I'm not sure. And uh, then there was going to be a series at Disney Plus. Now it's going to Hulu, Whoa. presumably for the same reasons. And uh, more than ever, it's looking like the Lizzie McGuire reboot is not going to happen. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So I was reading the the whole premise is that she finds uh, she finds like a, a girl's bra Can in I her just bed. say, you look distractingly jacked right now. You're in like a tight black t-shirt. You come over to my house in a tight black t-shirt. This is like my undershirt. I wasn't expecting to be, get hot and have to take this off. I'm so sorry. Jen bought me all new We're undershirts both hot, I guess. Oh, that wasn't that nice of your wife. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, yes. What's the recap? What's the what's the synopsis of the new Lizzie show? Because uh, I read one too. I'm curious to see if it's the same. The, the the comment that I saw on Reddit was essentially like a guy who read the script and I think saw that she found evidence that she's been cheated on and she moves back in with her family and it's basically the same but with a little more infidelity and some like minor curse words. That's what I read too. Is that yeah. like Lizzie's got it all, but then she finds her friend's earring in her bed and right, yeah, and so then she moves back in with mom and dad. And I think probably her internal monologue is still that thirteen-year-old Lizzie cartoon, right. which I think is smart. Yeah, okay. Um, but it's not happening. Terry Minsky, who created the straight show, straight up not happening. Well, she got fired. Who's the creator and showrunner of the show? Got fired a couple months ago. Oh. Uh, maybe January. Right. <clears throat> and. Uh, they were going to take some time to explore exactly what to do next. And then this news broke that, uh, uh, dear Simon or whatever it's called is moving to Hulu and Lizzie McGuire Instagrams, uh, with the caption sounds familiar uh-huh. in response to, uh, creative differences. We want to do an edgier show than Disney. Right. Well, the, we don't have exactly the same family values that Disney wants to have in, right. there, in there, which is weird. Cause Disney also has all of the Simpsons, you That's know, true. like, and I guess those are family values in a way, but it's not like as squeaky clean. Well, and it's not a Disney run show, whereas Lizzie True. McGuire would be. Okay, but they were never going to make an R-rated Lizzie McGuire. No. But they're fools to think that... But the, it is the, a bit of a weird vibe, isn't it? Like, I think that there's a, a big ask for that. We talked before about how yeah. I think Girl Meets World could have been more successful right. if they made it... Because the original show aged with the audience over right. seven years. Why not try and rediscover that same audience instead of trying to find new people yeah and maybe you get me to tune in for nostalgia reasons but also i'm watching a kid's show and it's just not the same right i would rather see like like the lizzie mcguire be kids. i'd rather see lizzie mcguire be carrie bradshaw that yeah. sounds way more interesting to me and it doesn't have to have like nudity in it right. <laughs> it was never going to do that but like if if they can in some way separate it from the mouse Right. They should do it at Hulu, but that, that sounds impossible. Do you think this is why Bob Iger stepped down <laughs> as CEO? He, well, he's retiring and he's still a board member. Right. Still pretty powerful I at know. Disney. It seemed like such a crazy headline, like Bob Iger steps down as Disney CEO effective. Did it say effective immediately or am I adding that in? I think he's been teasing this for a long time. Yeah, he has been. Which, yeah. And anyways, after reading up, I'm like, oh, he's been talking for years about how he's going to retire yes. in 2021. Well, and Ross tells me that it's uh, it's believed pretty widely that he wants to be the leader of the uh, Republican free Party. Free world? Oh, seriously? Or the free world, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Well, he just released a book. Like he's, it seems very political. Yeah, well, I mean, I think... I think being the CEO of Disney is pretty political. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, like everything he's doing seems calculated. You know, sometimes you step down, you just step down and you're like, hey, I'm going to go spend time with my family. This is a thing I don't think that these people are capable of. I don't know if it's a power hungry thing or a money hungry thing, but like, and maybe it's the reason I'll never be a billionaire or a CEO, Mm -hmm. but I could reach a threshold and be like, okay, I'm done. I am going to enjoy every day for the rest of my life. And I don't think these guys have that. For better or worse, I don't think they can actually pull away. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be for worse too. Like there's definitely stories of people that have a billion dollars, but they don't have $13 billion like that guy. Right. Well, I mean, look at the president of the United States. He's a billionaire and he's the saddest person alive. He's so sad. If he feels anything at all. We, We think he's sad internally. I don't know that he is. I think he's like 
I don't think he has. He's great. He doesn't have the um, the emotional equipment to know that he's sad, or or mm. certainly not the ability to process those emotions. But right. no, he's not like. Uh, he he doesn't have it all together. I think no. we can agree on that. Like, sure. He's not like good. Yeah. Not- <laughs> no. Yeah. No. No. Not so much. He's not. I haven't been sleeping well this week, and this weird thing will happen to me where I'll wake up, and I'll think I'm more awake than I actually am, but actually there's still like a weird kind of uh, groggy delirium okay. cast over me, and that will force me to stress out about things that are not only not. Um, pertinent in that moment they really don't affect me at all okay but the stress is enough for me to like get really panicky about it because i'm so tired and i'm like losing rest and so last night the thing was i woke up and i just started thinking constantly about the democratic primary (laughs) (laughs) i just couldn't stop thinking about it and i have i have no horse in this race right i I can't help becky's like what's wrong you were just like klobuchar um kind of that's kind of what happened i was i was it was and then i realized the next morning i was like well why was that stressing me out so much it it stresses me out in different ways throughout the day but i'm not like i don't like get worked up about it. you can't even change it with a vote Mm -mm. (laughs) nope nope thank god yeah thank god i don't have that responsibility i know i know i really hate the people that get super preachy about american politics on canadian facebook too Oh, yeah. It's like, is there a lot of that? I mean, there's a, a token few that probably seem to take up my entire news feed. With like, please, American friends, you have to believe that what, Bernie is what a, American like, friends. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. What? And also, are you swaying them? Yeah. Is someone going to read this and go, you well, know what? Not. He's right. There's a couple of things happening there. There's virtue the signaling. Yeah. There, there's also, there's also, uh, I think it's some kind of self assurance. It's like, not only am I involved in what's going on, other people will think I'm involved too. This makes me look intellectual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's like a like bumping of self-worthy Oh, it's definitely a self-five. Yeah. Tweeting about this. I have a bit of a habit of it myself. Yeah. And something I'm also conscious of is like every time I like a tweet, mm-hmm. I'm like, people will see Colin Sweets liked this tweet. Right. And that's like, you get a rush from that. That's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the chemical meth of right. social media. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I read a whole thing today. I didn't read it like at length, but I saw an article and I skimmed it about um, how many people tend to obsess over their own Instagram stories. Like you'll post an Instagram story and then you'll go back and check on it all day. Not even so much for the views, but you're checking to see if it's still okay. Uh, Do you relate to that at all? No. No, I don't. Because like sometimes it's interesting to go back and see like, oh, 85 people have looked at my, let's go see who they are. But also that doesn't really mean anything. You don't know if those people actually interacted with it or they just like skimmed past it. Yeah. And sometimes you just look through stories like you're, you're literally tapping through an entire. Absolutely. Uh, But alternatively, we are going back to look at that Instagram story to like, make sure you don't have a bat in the cave or like, or like you're, you're your collar isn't askew or something like people are like nervous about this like living document that exists Mm. and will be here until the end of a 24 hour duration and for that time being it better be perfect right now i'm doesn't bug me good for you you are way more stable than the president i just i uh like i feel like as soon as i post it i forget it it's a good way to be yeah yeah i i use instagram more for other people than myself what does that mean i look I'm not like I do it for the people. I, I <laughs> my do, job is to run I, people's Instagram. I do it to look at other people. And I'm like, oh, I see. Oh, or like memes. I mean, that's true for me too. Yeah, yeah. 
but I find Instagram is also kind of pointless. I find Reddit is like kind of interesting because at least you get some news out of it. Sometimes. You get links there, yeah. You get some news out of it. You might get some tips out of it. You might get some, uh, I don't know, weird philosophy, funny videos. I have, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a Twitter guy, which I realize that's that's a that's problematic. Twitter's really one of the worst ones. I mean, yeah. I, I hate Facebook the most, but Twitter's bad. But there's also so many lols on Twitter. And mm. that's what I keep coming back for. Yeah. But you also get sucked in by the toxicity. Right. And also the swaying of your opinions. Right. Like I'm a fragile person. I can be swayed in either direction really easily. Mm-hmm. And so I love to be told how to think. Right. Yeah. I, I'm that way too. I, my mind can change in, a, <clears throat> in an instant. So yeah. I almost don't trust it. Right. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I just don't know. Right. What do you guys think is best? Or like initially I was, for some reason I was inclined to think that probably Elizabeth Warren was my gal in this Mm. race. Not that it matters. I don't have a, I was like, I, for some reason I was like drawn to Elizabeth Warren. And then over time that's confirmed to me because that's what I think I'm supposed to think. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So who knows who the real Colin is? Right. For Christ's sake. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think deep down he's a, he's a Bob Iger guy. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, question. Maybe I'm a Lizzie McGuire guy. Yeah, I definitely think that's yeah. true. You're Bob Iger adjacent through Lizzie McGuire. Who isn't these days? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, did you watch any of the uh, Pete comedy special? Yet? I watched it. I hated it. You hated it. I thought it was trash. I haven't yeah. watched any of it yet. Yeah, the opening bit is really good. He does this riff about Louis C.K. That's right. how it opens, which yeah. is strong. Which you've told to me before, I think. Maybe the whole Louis C.K. tried to get me fired story. I remember that being a thing. I don't remember ever knowing as much detail as he goes into. Oh, okay. First five minutes are strong. Then he talks about like about two thirds of the way through. He does a little Ariana stuff. Okay. That's interesting just from like a tabloid uh, junkie perspective. The rest is really lazy. Really? Yeah. And it's like maybe 48 minutes. Yeah. And what's it about? Like what's he going through? I mean, he's going through a lot of stuff and I, I empathize with that, but like it's just a lot of dick jokes that are not new. Gotcha. Okay. Right. By going through, I more meant like material. Oh. Like issues. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you have to watch it to find out for yourself. Right. I'm not going to ruin okay. the jokes, but like I didn't I didn't think it was that strong. I like Pete. Mm. Uh, what was more interesting was an interview he did with Charlemagne. Well, I guess it was just like a preemptive promotional interview. Yeah. Because he doesn't like to do a lot of press anymore, which I understand. Right. Uh, it was a full hour. It was as long as the special, if not longer. Um and I enjoyed that. And that's where he talked about Saturday Night Live, which was kind of the news making clickable. Big headline, yeah. Headline. Uh, and again, it's taken out of context. He's yeah. not as bratty about it in the interview as well, it, what it's does made he to say? look. So a couple of things. He says, I shouldn't work there anymore uh, because I don't tell the jokes anymore. I am the jokes. Right. And that can be taken a couple of different ways. That can be taken as they make fun of me. I feel bullied at work mm-hmm. or, or it can be taken as this is the not ready for primetime players. I am a member of like the mainstream A-list zeitgeist. It doesn't make sense for me to be like lampooning this and also to be that there's something hypocritical right. about that. Right. He also talks about how uh, they kind of treat him like he's dumb. Like they kind of have him pigeonholed. They have him pegged as this like kind of dumb, guy. like the Chad character. Right. right. I get the impression he doesn't like doing Chad now, which I kind of get. He's very nice about Lauren Michaels. He feels supported by Lauren Michaels, but he says in general, he just doesn't really fit in with the Ivy League elite comedy writers room, right. which of course he doesn't. Sure. That was never going to work. He's always been a weird fit for SNL. Yeah. But still, even a bit of a weird vibe to say that 
in like a super public forum and then have to go back to it. I think it's valuable for him to say that. I think this yeah. is how he gets out of his contract uh, because he's there for seven years, right? You sign, you right. don't, you don't get to leave until That's they so let you crazy. leave. Yeah. It's really crazy. But if they say, "All right, Pete, if you're that unhappy, you can go." This has to be his seventh year, isn't it? Like it's probably coming up on it. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe I don't sixth know. Or he's fifth. younger than me. Yeah. And I'm 28, and he started when he was, what, 22, 21, 22? Yeah. But he has a couple of movies coming out. And so, like, right. he is about to kind of transition, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, well, one of them being, like, a Judd Apatow show. He wrote, he wrote that movie, right. King of Staten Island, and that's going to be, like, I mean, that's, that's his train wreck, his girls. Do you his... know what that's about? Is he a comedian in it, or is he... I, I'm pr I get the impression it's, it's largely autobiographical. He okay. might not be playing Pete Davidson, the SNL comic, right. but he's, he's playing this guy who's had these problems and gotcha. continues to. Sure. Wow. I think it'll be good. I, like <laughs> I said, is... I'm in his corner. I, and I think it is time for him to leave. He's not around very much anyway. No. No. He, uh, I think part of the joke for him is like, oh, Pete's here. Yeah, like that's but it. I, but I think he, I think he minds that. I think he's right. like, well, yeah, okay, fine, right. And I kind of get that. Do you think it's awkward when uh, Larry David comes back and they're both on the same <laughs> stage together? Do you think Larry David gives a shit at all? Mm, I don't know. It's his daughter. I guess, but like, so his daughter dated a guy for like what a summer yeah. three years ago. Yeah, you're right. Who cares? Was that three years ago? I don't know. No, it I was, think it was like last year. It wasn't last year. Ariana was last year. A lot of stuff happened within it. But he like bailed on Cassie David to be with Ariana. Like, was it that close? Yeah. It was and then like, he had a real run yeah. of, of like famous women. He dated Ari a lot of famous women, including Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Let's not, lest we ever forget. Who's he dating now? Nobody. He's dating okay. himself. Okay. Yeah. He loves himself. Yeah. So should he. Well, I don't think he does. I think that's part of the problem. But, right. He hates himself. But we wish that he, he, would, he would feel good. Um, Steven Spielberg is not directing Indiana Jones 5. Okay. So Indiana Jones 5 is happening. That's been confirmed. Right. And I don't know if it's creative differences. He doesn't want to do it. I don't think they should do it at all. Nah. Harrison Ford's like 80. Yeah. They did one already when he was too old, and that was when he was in his 60s. Mm -hmm. And it and ended with aliens. It sucked. And that was Steven Spielberg, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a different world of sequels, though. Right. Like, that, that's the most recent Indiana Jones movie, but that's also a long time ago. Right. That was before they like backed the truck up for the best writers, no matter what. And someone's going to come up with a cool story probably on this one. Right. The come again of Indiana Jones wasn't as big of a deal as the come again of Star Wars. Right. Right. Who do you think they put in charge of Indiana Jones? Is there anyone who's been like, oh, I was the biggest Indiana Jones fan? Well, James Mangold, who just did Ford versus Ferrari, is likely going to direct Indiana Jones 5. Okay. Um, I saw his name today too for something else. What I doubt it. That oh, was what he was in the news for today. He, uh, him, and this is exactly what it was. Him and Robert Rodriguez and Bryce Dallas Howard are involved in season two of Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, right. James Mangold has already been in in the Star Wars discussion. Actually, has he? I okay. think so. That rings a bell. I don't know. Anyway, I don't have a whole lot of emotional attachment to Indiana Jones. I like Indiana Jones, right? But it just seems like put it away. Mm -hmm. Like they had three really good movies. Or did they? Were they all good? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The the second one is like kind of, it's got a little bit of a niche following because of how weird and But like, Last Crusade kind of is like really great. People like Last Crusade. Yeah. yeah. I don't really remember Temple of Doom. Or is that the one with the Holy Grail? No. no Holy, Holy Grail is Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. See, I don't know them that well. Right. I'm excited for, for, for any time it's put on, but like. 
I'm not as emotionally attached to them, but I do kind of think like singular vision, if Spielberg doesn't want to do it and I get that he doesn't want to do it, yeah. why do it at all? And right. why does Harrison Ford want to do it? I don't know. What he, are they, what he are they paying him? sequels the most. He didn't even really want to do Star Wars again. Yeah. He didn't want to do Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. God, I, maybe they'll kill him early in the show <laughs> or in the movie. You know what I didn't expect? I kind of want to see Call of the Wild. Which is this? This is his new CGI dog movie based on the Jack London oh, book. Oh, no. Really? I kind of do. Ah. I didn't expect it. Yeah. I, I realized that it's bizarre. But also, like, that's important literature. Sure. It just looks so cheesy. So fluffy. Yeah. yeah. It does. You're right. Fluffy as a dog. Yeah. I don't know anything about it, but, like, man and beast find each other or something. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a little, something, something more going on there. No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> No, that's just you. The doctor's been in his lab for days. <laughs> <laughs> they confirmed, this was like just after we put it on the podcast last week, so it's old news now, but they confirmed the HBO Max reunion of all six cast members of Friends is happening. Right. What is this reunion? Is it going to be like a, a an hour-long TV yes. show, or is it going to be like no. a... It is unscripted. That's the word they use. Right. It's unscripted. So that does... It does goddamn mean they're going to sit on an orange couch, yeah. and maybe fucking Ellen DeGeneres is going to be like, so when did you know the show was yeah, a real hit? This sucks. Thank you. I, I've been waiting for someone to say this. Yeah. Well, that's why... Like, I, why are we all getting so every, excited? Everybody's like hopping on the, this is the second coming train. You are going to be disappointed. Yeah. They're getting paid $2.5 million to launch the third HBO service right? <laughs> with a, a show that's like, it's just going to be, so what what uh, what quote gets quoted back to you most at the airport? Right. Could I be wearing any more clothes? Right. <laughs> pivot. Everyone claps. Pivot, pivot. <laughs> yeah. How HBO overkill. No kidding. Yeah. I think it's, and I, I get that they're showing up for the $2.5 million each, but like, you yeah. better give me something. Like, yeah. the... Not that you owe us anything, but like what you what you definitely owe us is not to mislead us that this is going to be something that it can't be. Right. Well, it already is something that it can't be. Like it, sure. it it's going to be such a letdown. I don't understand why everyone wants to. Well, I, I used to blame the media for that or or the blogs that had the clickable headlines right. for people drumming something in like. Every time uh, one of these cast members goes on a talk show, so when are you guys getting back together? And they just kind of like shake it off. But then like Jennifer Aniston started to play the game. Oh, yeah. And posting that Instagram was playing the game. And now all six of them have Instagram. Right. And six months ago, two of them had Instagram. This all... is all part of that. Yeah. And and I think that's misleading and unfair to the people who have who have made you hundred millionaires. What year did it go off air? 2004. 2004. Yeah. I mean, even then it was kind of like, why, why do we think this? Will and Grace brought it, brought themselves back and it is still back it, no one cares no do one cares. i don't think it's, well i don't know maybe they do we're kind yeah. of disconnected from like network tv yeah it, it gets ratings does it yeah i mean will and grace is not it was a big show it's not friends almost nothing is no no that's true that's very true do you and think? it's sacred yeah i don't know i'm out on it i want them all to just like fold it's a mistake yeah it's a mistake and the the worst part is in five to six years or at the 30th anniversary or whatever, this is all going to happen again. And they're going to act like it didn't happen five years before. Because five years ago, five out of six of them 
went to the Jim Burroughs uh, tribute and all five of them were on stage for one interview and they answered that. What's your quote that's quoted back to you? When did you know the right. show was a hit? When did when were you stopped? Like, couldn't go into public any more questions. Who was the one We'd who sat done out? done it. Uh, Matthew Perry couldn't be there for whatever reason. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That would have to be a big reason to not be there, wouldn't it? It was legit and we understood. I forget oh, what it was, okay. <laughs> but like, it was like known what he was doing. Gotcha. But it was a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah in fact, yeah. I think he was sick. He was. Oh. He had some health problems. He was in the hospital or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Prayers up for Matthew Perry. <laughs> Always. Uh, Atypical renewed for a fourth and final season. Okay, that's good. They're smart calling to, it. Smart to shut it down. Yeah. I thought three dipped a little bit. Yeah. Um, Ryan Johnson. He said this kind of funny thing that people like to tweet about this week. Okay. Uh, he says that Apple, mm-hmm. for all of their product placement in mainstream movies, will not allow villains to use iPhones in film. Yeah. And this makes you really want to like... Cross-reference this. Cross-reference, do a second take on all the movies that they use Apple products in. There's no way that an, a villain hasn't used an iPhone. Maybe that maybe Apple is so so torn on what a villain actually is because Seriously. they are the villains. Well, and also, have you ever seen a movie that uses both iPhones and non-iPhones? Uh, no, no, it's never like, it's never like a, a mixed pool. I think all you, all you kind of see is like phone up to ear and like a little well, bit of screen. And maybe that's allowed. Like maybe you're allowed yeah. to, you're allowed to hold a black rectangle with right. a light on it, yeah. but you're not allowed to make it look like it's got an iOS like, system. I'm answering my iPhone here and it's like just, the swipe of the, it's just such it. a silly line to, to draw because like real villains use them for sure. That's true. <laughs> like, and I mean, not that you can do anything about that, but like, can you imagine if you like went to see Hobbs and Shaw 2 and the bad guy used an iPhone and you were like, well, that's it. I got to get an Android. Huh. Interesting. The villain is using the same phone that I have. I'm right. switching. Yeah. Right. But like, what if the villain was played by by Ryan Reynolds or someone who's universally liked? Like, do they do they get into the nitty gritty? Yeah. Like, this is a cool person. Like, what if the, like, what if the Joker had an iPhone? Right. If it's if it's Edward James almost, they're like, no, 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 not allowed. Right. And what about anti-heroes? Like, can Walter White have an iPhone? They're like, Walter White can have an iPhone for the first three seasons. <laughs> now that after season three. It's just so funny. It's yeah. just, it's funny that you're like, or you, I guess you could use it as like a way of knowing who's going to be the bad guy when you first see them use a phone. Right. It's like, oh, that guy's got an iPhone, so yeah. he must be trustworthy. But that lady in the Dalmatian fur coat dialing yeah. a rotary phone with her cigarette must be suspicious. Someone who is so pure of heart like Steve Jobs would be <laughs> frowning upon all of this. Just a funny way to pull back the curtain. Yeah. Very strange. Really that's, strange. Wow, that's an interesting tidbit. So Ryan Johnson said that. Was he kind of like railing against it i think he was throwing shade no he was just doing like one of those uh wired videos he was breaking down a scene from knives out right he's just riding the i'm everyone's favorite director wave okay. and good for him sure. and he just kind of casually was like oh by the way we couldn't give uh so and so ever iphone right. yeah did you see gonna, that movie no i haven't seen it yet oh geez you gotta see that movie yeah, i was gonna I spoil it <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna stop you <laughs> i almost I say, don't tell me that i was like i don't want to spoil the audience for the audience who now i'm yeah. going to be watching for who has the iphone in that movie some doesn't. of the movies you've seen mm-hmm. that and you haven't seen knives out that's I know, insane i know knives out is on the list it's on the short list that peanut butter falcon the regular high fidelity, the original movie. You've never seen that? No, I've seen it, but okay. I just want Jen to see it because we watched the whole season. She really liked it. 
You know what they didn't do in High Fidelity that they did in the movie? Uh, they didn't replicate the Bruce Springsteen uh, vision. They couldn't have gotten Bruce again, but they could have gotten someone else. They could have got like Lizzo or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Well, That's it, the best part of High Fidelity. I, I totally forgot 90% of the original, except yeah. for like some of the top five scenes and like the Jack Black stuff. So I'm... I gotta watch it. Was Jim Rash the other guy working in the record store, or no. was he like he wasn't? It's a guy at you all? you wouldn't recognize. Although he has exactly the same energy as Simon. Okay. Yeah. Less character development, but right. like it's when when he comes over to the apartment, he's like, "You really shouldn't stack your records like this because it gets really pressured." Right. Like that is like it's the same guy. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Did it make you? Do you have a record player? Yeah. Yeah, it's somewhere around here. It needs to be fixed. Do you use it? At, uh, yeah. Okay. I have used it a little bit. I kind of don't really associate with the culture it's a very expensive hobby yeah i would understand it more as like a uh like comic book collector thing well in general i it, like a record store is kind of a cool place i like a used bookstore more than a record store but i get right. i get that from whatever people who go to used record stores go to right yeah I, not that i collect, collect rare books i don't but like it right. just it just seems like such a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and every record is like 35 bucks totally yeah, what, what do you, like, once you have them all, it's like, I also, now that you also have it on your phone, yeah, you're, it's really like, why? I mean, I tend to feel that way too. There's definitely a lot of people who would complain to you about like the, the, the loss, warmth, the low fidelity yeah. of, uh, yeah, the warmth, just the, just the fact that like, it is pretty cool that you are listening to something that is physical. Mm-hmm. Like it is creating that sound because of the physicality of a piece of wax or plastic. Right. It's funny. Uh-huh. Um, or vinyl i guess it's made of vinyl in one of the episodes of picard uh they a guy's reading a book and and allison pill's like ah i had a boyfriend who was really into real books <laughs> and it's kind of like uh they almost like make it like a vinyl collector yeah. kind of vibe yeah well there was that discussion when they released tablet computers and e-readers like right are we gonna try and get rid of books now and no, no I, don't, I, don't I don't think we're gonna get rid of books but I definitely think so. i think like, there's something nice about it ebooks are nice and one thing i'll really say is i can get through a book if i have both a hard copy of the book and the epub on my phone interesting so if i'm like reading a book and it's on my nightstand or it's in my backpack but i also happen to be like waiting for the bus or yeah. like in a line somewhere i can pull up my phone and read a chapter real quick I, I love being able to do both and then it's really gratifying to be like i read 30 pages of the epub today come home flip 30 pages ahead in the book Ooh. you feel like you're getting somewhere yeah yeah you're just pinching a little chunk of that book <laughs> and tossing it aside isn't this interesting yeah <laughs> isn't this fast just appear inside my life i should do a 24-hour podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's really good <laughs> Talk slower. We've got so much time yeah. to fill. <laughs> yeah. No Time to Die is the longest ever James Bond movie at two hours, 38 minutes. Whoa. How long is the Billie Eilish song? <laughs> Again, she talks real slow to make yeah. it long and a lot of time to fill. No Time to Die. <laughs> not, not even close to the energy. No. It's real sleepy. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it would be. You don't hire her to, to get a banger going. Right. Not really. Anyway, I'm excited for this movie. It's one of my most anticipated movies of 2020, but I'm against movies that are that long. Yeah. In general, there are exceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not sure where I am on... I, man, oh, I started thinking about Skyfall the other day because I started watching No Country for Old Men. Okay. That movie is fucking killer. Yeah. That is the best movie. 
Okay, no no country is. No country for old men. Okay, so well, I started thinking about Skyfall and like Javier Bardem's whole ascent. Well, let's come back to Bond in a second, but I was okay. thinking recently that we need to do another Show Show's Movies movie. Yeah. Uh, and the format of that was for me to watch something you've seen, but I've never seen before, and you likewise. Yeah. I could do No Country for Old Men. Dude, I, I'm kind of doing it myself again. I'm watching it because I only saw it one time. It works better if it's what a movie it? you know really well. Yeah. Yeah. It only came out one time. It only came out. I only watched it one time when yeah. it first came out, and I remember being like, "That's like one of my favorite movies ever." Yeah. <laughs> so it was on Amazon Prime. He is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was Brolin. So it was Tommy Lee uh, Jones. Like it is. It's just a tight cast, and it's funny. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna rewatch Skyfall soon. We watched uh, Casino Royale this weekend. Okay. Which is better than I remembered. Casino Royale. Yeah. Oh, it's a good watch. I mean, I, sure. I guess I figured it was probably his second best James Bond movie. Yeah. I would argue it's one of the best James Bond movies, period. And I put Skyfall in the top spot. No so shame. It went Casino Royale Spectre? Casino Royale Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. And the hot take about, about Quantum of Solace is that it's famously not that good right. unless you double feature. It's it's a really good Casino Royale sequel. Right. But if you don't watch it fast, you're going to mm -hmm. lose a lot of the subtlety. So yeah. watch it fast. Right. Because it's so, all about him kind of like trying to get over Vesper. and Exactly. And being, He's going to rally after right. that. Anyway, like that's a good movie. And there's a goddamn lot of poker in that movie. Yeah. There's a ton of cards in that movie. Right. Yeah. I guess Casino. Yeah. And then it's Skyfall and then it's uh, Spectre, which was fine. Yeah. Spectre was like the biggest disappointment, I think. Yeah. Maybe it was. It was it was sleepy. But I'm going to rewatch all the Craig Bonds before it, it April. It felt the most like um, Pierce Brosnan's Bonds, which okay. were like, oh, God, what is this? This is like... Is that how you face. felt as a young person, or have you come to that opinion later? Because he was James Bond when we were kids. Yeah, like after... And you and I yesterday were talking about GoldenEye 64. Yeah, I remember after GoldenEye, I started like trying to watch some of those movies, and I was like, this is like, like Tomorrow Never Dies, and... Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the other one? Die another day. Die another day. Yeah, <laughs> those ones are so bad. They're really cheesy. Although there's a lot of cheesy James Bond anyway. Like Roger Moore's entire run is cheesy. Totally. Yeah, th that's why I like. I tried to do a, a watching every James Bond challenge. Yeah, and I just got off of it. I was like, no, why am I putting myself through this? No, a lot of them don't hold up. Yeah, really, no, uh, and a lot of them just feel like episodes of the '60s Batman show, but yeah. like not ironic. Right. And so that doesn't really work. The thing about Pierce Brosnan is it was a little controversial when he was cast for a couple of reasons. One, he'd already been a secret agent in Remington Steel. Right. Uh, and also, he's maybe a little too handsome for James Bond. James Bond isn't necessarily conventionally like George Clooney good looking. He's just sexy. He's got like a magnetism about him, right? Right. And so like Daniel Craig kind of fits that bill, even though he is, I mean, he is traditionally handsome, but he's also quite rugged mm -hmm. and there's nothing rugged about Pierce Brosnan. No, he's pretty polished. He's pretty shiny looking. Yeah. And it's nothing against him. I just think it was kind of a weird choice. Yeah. Yeah. But, and he's also Scottish, isn't he? Or Irish? Scottish Pierce Irish. Brosnan, he, I think he's just British. Really? Well, uh, Sean Connery is Scottish, so you can't say that's a big issue. Alexa, where's Pierce Brosnan from? Pierce Brosnan was born in Droida, County Louth, Ireland in 1953. Oh, Ireland. Ireland. He is from, from we Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, just one. And then Lazenby's from Australia. We've occasionally deviated. Yeah. Although I don't know that he's considered great. There's never been. A, no, definitely not. No. There's never been an, like an American Bond. No. This week, Billie Eilish was like, Michael B. Jordan should play 
James Bond. And again, easy, Billy. Way too handsome. Yeah. He's yeah. just, it's not that. And American. I feel like there's something kind of wrong. And American. That's, that's American kind of the person. one area where I kind of am a little old school and fundamental about James Bond. Like, I'm right. all for changing it. I'm also all for killing the character. Right. Come back to it in 10, 15 years if you want. Mm. Kill him off. Right. But I don't, I don't think it can be, if you're going to keep going, I think this person has to be British inherently. Mm-hmm. What I do like is Michael B. Jordan as Superman, which has been discussed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, inversely, a lot of those classic American characters have been taken over by British actors in Henry Cavill and uh, now Robert right. Pattinson and yeah. Tom Holland. Those are like American superhero characters. Definitely. And they're all played by Brits right now. Yep. Yep. So that's that's where we stand on it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I didn't really have anything to add to that one. Well, spe- I agree. speaking of superheroes, uh, I guess we should talk about hunters that's going to be the only one we break down this week hunters. it's your turn to recap the the show okay so you're gonna recap the pilot episode of hunters i you can't be expected to to get everything in 30 seconds i mean it's 90 minutes it's so long okay um but uh just do your best and i do bad on like a 20 minute show. do you want 45 seconds no give me the 30 and i'll really try to speed through it okay gonna recap the pilot episode of amazon prime's hunters in three two one go Guy goes to a co-worker's party. His wife's Jewish. Finds out Nazi. Kills everyone there. The Nazi does. Uh, there's like a cleanup crew that comes in. Meanwhile, a kid's uh, grandmother gets killed by a stranger in the night. He learns that it's a Nazi. How does he learn from Al Pacino, who is friends with his grandma, the Safta? Uh, he finds the person uh, through like a secret passage. Uh, there's a photo. He finds the car. Goes there. Has to kill him, but is actually saved by Al Pacino. And that's pretty much it. Nazis. Uh, just to give a little bit more clarity uh, for fans of like young adult fiction, mm-hmm. this show is just a series of unfortunate events, but with Nazis <laughs> right. because it's about a kid who is orphaned early on, and then he discovers that his grandmother, who was killed, was actually part of like a secret organization that was actually trying to bring down the evil group that ultimately killed her. And there's right. this whole league of extraordinary Nazi hunting gentlemen, yeah. including Al Pacino. In yeah. Right. Um, what did you think of it? Uh, I think that visually they were so uh, dead set on making you think that Scorsese was involved in some way. And like, it's really? like okay. oh yeah, it's like so like vibrantly colorful set yeah. to Night Moves by Bob Seger and sure. like all the text is red and bold and right. it's just flashy. And I didn't think it had really any of the substance of, of Scorsese, for example, um i thought at times it was horrific i thought the acting was really good i thought pacino was was good in a way that we almost haven't seen him be in a long time he's like kind of downplayed a little bit and i know that he was like nominated last year for an academy award in a movie that i did love yeah um but you wonder he was in jack and jill with adam sandler like you wonder if he's still al pacino and he is like kind of he's doing a cool accent in this yeah I think Logan Lerman was awesome in this show. Right. Is he the the young? He's the teenager or whatever. He's not really a teenager, I guess. He's the perks of being a wallflower. I don't know how long he can get away with being like 17. But um, yeah, he's like, he's like selling pot. And then he, he's, he's also a victim of anti-Semitism. We should say it's 1977. Yes. Um, And uh, then he witnesses his grandmother get murdered. 
um, the police are not really being of any help at all. Yeah. And he suspects there's more to it than just the, like a random break and entering. Yeah. Like, and then he hunts down the, the old man who murdered his grandmother. And now he vows to avenge his grandmother by killing all these Nazis who are trying to secretly form an uprising in the United States. Right. Meanwhile. Yeah. Which is kind of a strange part of it. Yep. Meanwhile, the whole, um, B plot is the butcher. Uh, no, no. The whole B plot of there being an FBI agent who's oh, yeah. going down to investigate this murder of someone who you find out at the end is actually a Nazi as well. And you can tell that, you know, they weren't showing her in any flattering ways. Wait a second. Who? The cop? The cop is not a Nazi. No. I mean, she's investigating the murder of the NASA scientist who was a Nazi. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, that's right. The chemist. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about the butcher because that's how it opens. Yeah. You're right. It's like an all-American like backyard barbecue right. work party. Big beauty. It actually reminds me of Godfather 2 with that house is right. like looking over the water. That guy uh, is like one of the best character actors. Yeah, you've seen him in like, a million he's things. He's so good. He's in the Americans. He's played got a patriotic like, Russian spy. He's kind of got weird fish eyes. And yeah. you've seen him in things. And and yeah. so he's like, he's at the grill and he's being fr- wearing an apron and he's being friendly. And then yeah. like... Uh, associate comes over and he's like this is my wife and she drops the pie and she's horrified and she's right. like that's him and that's she's the- wearing the star of david on yeah the necklace that's the butcher and, and she starts like screaming and right. he's like you're gonna have to calm down and when he realizes she's not gonna calm down he just pulls out a gun with a silencer and literally murders everybody Everyone. like he kills her her husband he kills his pals he kills his children in the pool and his wife uh, yeah, I think that was kind of lost on me in the moment that he actually killed his children. And then, and then, and he just doesn't feel anything. He comes back later, right? And you're right. His like friend, the cleaner, is coming over, and there's yeah. like still dead children floating in the bloody pool. Right. And he said it's been like a day or something when the when the guy comes to clean up, who is like a crazy, who's really scary, Nazi. by the way. Yeah, he yeah. is. A, he is a scary villain. He was very scary. He kind of looked a little bit like, um, geez, what was the actor who played Green Goblin in the in the amazing Spider-Man movie. He was like going to be a big star. And then he was in a couple of terrible movies. Mm. Dane something. Anyway. Um, he, he says, he says as he's killing people, like this is 30 years of hiding down the tubes or whatever. Right. So like he's, he's been in hiding as a crazy Nazi. Right. For 30 years, long enough that he has like a wife and has had kids with this wife. And he, doesn't have any kind of empathy for the fact that they're just like dead now. Right. And he's like a kind of like a high performing, like I think he's like in government. And then the (laughs) scary cleaner guy has to shoot him in the arm. So it looks like there was like this, uh, bloodbath murder. Someone else murdered. And then he just happened to survive. I thought for sure the cleaner was going to kill him in that moment. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't, but then the cleaner goes to the bowling alley and kills a couple guys with a bowling ball in yeah. their faces. Right. Um, there was the... Kills them in their faces. Yep. There was the toy store owner throwing darts into Logan Lerman's chest. Yeah. There was that. Was uh, this was this very uh, upsetting for you to watch? A little bit. Yeah. Yes. It was maybe one of the most gruesome shows I've ever seen. <laughs> Sorry. I probably should have given you more of a heads up. Were you upset with me for not giving no, you a heads no. up? No, no. And I, I, you, like in most situations, you know when to turn away. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't have bothered me so much that it's, that it's brutal. Yeah. Because again, like it's, it thinks it's a Scorsese project and I like Scorsese. Uh, it bothers me because it's very clearly exploitative. Mm. Like, and I don't just say that because it's been controversial, although it, we should mention that. like It has been? The, yeah, the, there's a museum in Auschwitz 
that is really mad about the chess oh, scene. No. Oh, that's, really? That's the other part that we should talk about. Yeah, is like, that was brutal. It's like a flashback to like these crazy Nazis who are, by the way, portrayed as like the Joker. They're portrayed as like cartoon. Do you remember? This is what it reminded me of for some reason. Do you remember the children's cartoon Rupert about a British bear with like white slacks? Yeah. Who solves mysteries? Yeah. The Nazis in this show are like Rupert villains. They're right. like, ha, 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 they, and they have like crazy eyes and guns with silencers. Right. It's just, it, it seems to really trivialize this, this part of history. And the show doesn't claim to be historical. And maybe there was a small league of Nazis trying to start an uprising in the seventies in the States. And maybe there were uh, undercover vigilante Nazi hunters. I don't know. Right. But the chess thing did not happen where they like Nazi okay. Nazis were like running a human, like a, a Jewish person chess game right. where they had to kill each other. Out in a field. And, and this Auschwitz museum is like, this is super uncool Yeah, because this is a real thing. People live with pain about and totally. you're just making it silly. Totally. And I, I see that like the gas chamber scene where the woman is like the old lady is like showering and then she can't get out of her yeah. shower. And suddenly the hot water turns into literally a gas chamber. Right. Like, a gas chamber. Yeah. It just felt wrong to me. You're right. The, the whole show is kind of based on like, oh, what's like the ultimate villain that we could put in a show? Yeah. And like kind of, you know, make heroes because obviously they're going to try to defeat these Nazis. Let's do that. Yeah. And then, the, yeah, the flashbacks are not tasteful. You're right. No, they're not. Um, And, and like the swimming pool is horrific like why did they have to do that i i we looked away at the bowling bowling alley scene. yeah me too like that was that was really rough that yeah. was like almost curb stomp scene from american history act I, which is like i figured it probably yeah, was ouch. i got the impression i yeah. again i didn't see anything that i couldn't unsee right except for like the darts in his chest which is like you're not seeing gore but it like you feel it when he throws yeah. darts at a guy right um and you also figure like logan lerman's not going to get maimed in this scene can I ask why the toy o- toy store owner like th- there was some Ricci stuff and this yeah. was one of the things like he's torturing someone in the back room and someone's knocking on the front door yeah and he's like we're closed we're closed and then he like goes to answer the door see I thought I thought the guy at the door was going to be Al Pacino and Al Pacino yeah. does ultimately come in and save the day right um and that's the other thing and I I mentioned superheroes a second ago yeah. Like they're constantly talking about superheroes and yeah. it, they introduce Logan Lerman's character. They're like walking out of having just seen star Wars. Like they're, they're trying to set some kind of like pop cultural, uh, relatability within this character. Like he's just like a typical American kid in right. this era. Yeah. Uh, and then he makes comments like, you didn't tell me you were Bruce Wayne rich. Yeah. And like literally he has like a big library with a secret passage behind right. a bookcase. Yeah. And, and it just, it feels very goofy, yeah. but with like real pain. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah, there was something else that I found uh, kind of weird. I th- nah, I can't. Well, that the Hell's Devils thing, <laughs> or like the what was the the biker gang <laughs> called? Oh, I don't know. When he goes to see them and he wants to yeah. like use them to. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the, the, the devil sinners or something. It was just oh, something Lord. so, so hell's angels adjacent. Though. How like, did, is this show good? How did they, uh, get him out of that sticky situation? Cause he goes to see these, these 
these tough guys yeah. because he feels like he's not getting anywhere with the cops and he wants to avenge his grandmother. And so he goes to the biker gang and he's like, listen, I know nobody gets killed in this town without you knowing. I'm not accusing you, but can you help me? Right. And then the cops pull up and he's just got tons of weed, right? Right. And and so I don't know if he, I, I don't know if he gets off scot-free, but it happens to be the same detective who was kind of exploring the his, his grandmother's uh, murder. Right. But also... He goes back with Al Pacino after that, I think, as if to say, yeah, because he says, I'm going to pay you back. Yeah. So Al Pacino got him out on bail. Okay. Or called in some favors to get him out of jail. The comic book stuff comes back. He also says, um, you should read your Torah more. It's the original comic book. I right. thought that was cheesy. Yeah. And then like right down to the end where like he shows them the secret room and all the other Nazi hunters are like sitting around a table and it's like Avengers assemble. Right. It was, it was, and they're all and old it's showing people. like where they were. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And one of them is Josh Radner from how I met your mother. Is what really? Yeah. It's Ted Mosby. This is his new gig. Apparently. Is he the one with like the beard? Yes, he like looks like yeah. a, like a cool guy in the seventies. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah. He was just like walking down the street, and he does like a quick head turn. Right, yeah. he's the only one I recognized. Whoa, what a weird choice. The thing is, if they were a little more tactful, yeah. I think I could like the show. Yeah, but I, I think I I don't think it's that contributive. I th I think like some of the dialogue was good, some of the acting was good. Mm -hmm. I like the production design. Like they didn't pinch any pennies making this show. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like the Logan Lerman character. I like how like angry he is. It's it's not unwatchable. No, it's not. Well, except for when it's literally unwatchable, right? Um, but it kind of hooks you in a little bit. I'm a little curious, but there's no way I'll watch more. And I also sense like some deep problems with with their work. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So you're not gonna give it your ass. I can't give it my ass in good faith, and I. I also didn't enjoy myself that much. No. And it's 90 minutes to watch a pilot episode of this goddamn show. That is true. I think I do give it my S. Okay. But I, I do see all the problems with it and I feel kind of guilty about it. Well, don't, it. don't, because I also do like some things about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not Jordan a perfect Peele, show. Jordan Peele EP'd it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's just throwing his name at stuff now. While it feels that way. For it. Yeah. It, I, yeah. It really feels that way. Like Candyman. The trailer came up for that today. Yeah. I didn't watch it because it's apparently gory. Okay. Um, but how is he involved in Candyman? Because it's like Jordan Peele's Candyman. I can't yeah, tell if he, he directed like it. writer like, or director? How can he have written and directed another movie already? I don't know. Did he do this when he was like 10 or something? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Not sure. Maybe he's just like putting his name. Like like people are ghostwriting for him now. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like Drake? Yeah. I don't know. He... I don't think he's like a perfect artist either. And there isn't such a thing, I guess, but like he made this amazing movie. And then the second movie, a lot of people really liked critically. Yeah. But like he, he does have his name attached to some things that are not amazing. Right. Um, and one of those things is the Twilight Zone Twilight show. Zone, like people yeah. didn't really like go crazy for that. I don't no. think it was a bad thing. I mean, Keanu. <laughs> right. Well, that was before. It's so funny. Nobody talks about Keanu as his first movie. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, oh, his first movie's Get Out. Yeah. No. It's and not. it was him. That wasn't just him, though, was it? It was it like was him, him and, yeah. Yeah. Man, Keegan Michael Key, I, I still like to hear from him every once in a while. I know. I wonder about him. Yeah. Yeah. Why doesn't Jordan, maybe he just doesn't want to work with jordan peele i think i think there was an awful lot of that discussion when get out was a really big deal between yeah. the two of them like when are you guys going to work together again i think they were probably both diplomatically like oh we can't wait but it would be distracting yeah. if if keegan michael key was suddenly in a horror movie written sure. produced by jordan yeah. peele 
Also, like, Jordan's a great uh, performer. Like, is he going to ever, like, do comedy again, act again or yeah. act again? Like, maybe not. And that's fine, too. But it's such a deep pivot, yeah. what he did. Yeah. Big time. Um, Yeah, and I'm not super into horror movies, so. No, me neither. No. Who knows when we'll see it. And I don't even really think Get Out's much of a horror. Well, it's kind of. I mean, it kind of is. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's definitely a psychological thriller. Yeah. And it has some moments where you're like, eh. Right. Eh. I, I should watch us though. You can let me know. Yeah. Okay. You can let me know, yeah. my friend. It looks scary. Eva Mendes wants to make Hitch 2. Was she in Hitch 1? Yeah. She was the one in, in Hitch, in Hitch 1. What else is Eva Mendes doing? Eva Mendes wants to make anything 2. Yeah, what does she though? I mean, fast like, the, too fast, too furious too. I, I read today. These are not my words, but I read today that she kind of took a step back to to focus on like raising her two kids oh, that she has her. with Ryan uh, Ryan Gosling. She's 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 married to Ryan Gosling. They're not married, but they have two children together, and they oh. are they are life partners. Cool. Um, but she wants to make Hitch too. Whoa. I mean, very possibly that's like one of the big movies of her career. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That she was in Training Day. Yeah. Like kind of before her, like she was actually a, a sure. famous actress. Yeah. Um, God, there was someone else. Well, there's lots of other people. <laughs> um, Please cut that too. No, I'm not cutting that. <laughs> no. Uh, well, there was, um, there was Will Smith. Maybe that's who you meant. Is this what we're getting to? That's what I was hoping to say. So yeah. what, what does, how does Will Smith come into this? Has he commented? No, he hasn't. No. And I don't know if he'll do it. But he has done some more commercial movies of late. Like once upon a time, I kind of thought like, well, he may, I guess he did three Men in Blacks, but then he drew a line in the sand. Right. And now he's done three Bad Boys movies. Now he's done three Bad so Boys So he's movies. not a person who rejects sequels, no. whether for a paycheck or for some kind of artistic endeavor. Right. And I do think Hitch is kind of one of the underdogs of his, of his filmography. I think yeah. people love Hitch. Yeah. Do people love Hancock? I think people also secretly love Hancock. Yeah. Do you think Hancock's going to come out with a sequel soon? Nobody talks about Hancock. I feel like Hancock could be the his uh, his like weird piece de resistance. See, they could reboot Hancock now that we're in like a a post Avengers Endgame world. Like that was a that was a pre MCU superhero movie. Yeah. And it would but, and it's an antihero. Could he use an iPhone? But more likely he would be one of the Avengers because the some of the Avengers are like that subversive, so it would be interesting well, just to have a character. And don't like forget, that. he was the one who got to utter the now iconic line, so we're some kind of suicide squad. Oh, yeah. So he has been right. involved. I love bit. when they say the name of the movie. That's the, the movie. that's the best example ever. Yeah. That's the best example <laughs> ever. You're saying. <laughs> You're telling me. Wait a second. So yeah. we're some kind of suicide squad wow can you off the off the tip of your tongue do you have any other examples of that uh back to the future actually beautifully and subtly lampoons the naming of your own movie in the they're constantly saying the sentence back to the future and he says sometimes he looks right at the camera in fact the most famous instance he points right at the camera and goes we're sending you back to the future (laughs) it's like for the trailer right yeah yeah and they do it constantly. I, there has to be other examples that are like really, really bold. Uh, I feel like Hot Tub Time Machine in the same vein. Like, yes. They like straight up look at the camera and go like, you're telling me this is a hot tub time machine. <laughs> yeah. 
that's almost better than some like weird esoteric name for your thing. Like I would argue High Fidelity is not a good name for for a show or a movie or a book or anything. Like yeah. I get that like fidelity right. can refer to the audio quality or your romantic loyalty. Mm -hmm. But it's just not a good phrase, high no. fidelity. No. And that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. We never trust Will Smith. <laughs>